Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! I followed and I was wrapped up in it only because I even mentioned it on the TV because I was uh, wrapped up in it because anytime you get the top two players in the world playing in an event that is not a grand slam, uh, it's only five or six times that's going to happen all year, uh, especially with one of them being older. You had the vaccination issue with Djokovic. So, uh, you know, they play a couple times on the clay courts uh, scenario. Uh, the outside of the majors, you know, they show up at Barcelona, they show up in uh, Monte Carlo, maybe in Madrid. I mean, you know, a couple of times and, you know, maybe they show up at Indian Wells if they both are, you know, in a situation where they're both eligible to play. And maybe if you're lucky, you get them once before the U.S. Open. Uh, and that is exactly what we got uh, with Alcaraz and Djokovic. So I was paying attention to it. I knew about Djokovic bypassing Toronto, you know, basically right as soon as he made the announcement. And I figured that Alcaraz was going to play Toronto. Uh, I was hopeful that uh, Djokovic would show up in Cincinnati, an event that he's won twice. I wasn't positive. It's not like he needs hard court practice uh but uh, very happy they decided to play i looked at the draw uh, you know i went on my phone and i at the espn website and i looked at the draw in cincinnati in the early part of the toronto tournament and i see that he was the uh, two seed so i knew he was playing and i figured alcaraz after he lost in toronto would play two a lot of times these players they win to one event and they say that's ah, enough and they bail out on the other event if they're back to back that's what happens a lot for the miami open and that sometimes can uh, happen for cincinnati so i was on top of the fact that two of them were involved and obviously since the Wimbledon final uh, we haven't seen them uh, together in the same event there hasn't been that many to see anyway but uh, I made sure I watched their matches uh, in the course of the week I saw uh, a lot of the Saturday afternoon match with Hercotch having the match point against uh, Alcarez and he missed it uh, inside out forehand he was also up 4-1 in a second tiebreaker up a set and he lost that set. So, I mean, I was hopeful that uh, Alcaraz would win that match. I probably would not have stayed. Uh, I, I organized my day yesterday to make sure with my tennis buddies not to schedule tennis at 4 o'clock onward. If we were going to play, play earlier than that so I could, so we all could watch. You know, tennis guys like that match, tennis channel a whole bit, so we can watch the, uh, the Djokovic-Alcaraz because you're not going to get them very often. I mean, they played in the French Open, and they only played a couple of sets, uh, and they obviously played played at Wimbledon and you know they're gonna they played one other time in Madrid so it's not like they're gonna play 40 50 times because you know the schedules of the two of them Djokovic doesn't want to play that much and Alcaraz you know he'll play plenty but you know Djokovic is not going to necessarily show up just because Alcaraz is there so I was on top of this I was really you know I mean I was I watched Alcaraz late against Zverev there on um, on Saturday night uh, I figured he was going to beat Zverev with uh, at night and he did Djokovic I thought going into the match yesterday he was going to win. He looked better in the four matches uh, prior to the final uh, than Alcaraz did. Alcaraz, you know, played a third set against Tommy Paul, who had beaten him in Toronto, and did not play that great uh, against Herkosh for a while. So I thought there was a chance, uh, and, you know, Djokovic beat everybody. He beat Manfield's straight sets. You know, he obviously he beat uh, Zverev. Or, you know, what his Spaniard opponent bailed after a set. So I figured that Djokovic would be there. I wasn't 
so sure about uh, Alcaraz. So I was ready to go uh, yesterday. I know the match is on Chana's channel, and that's, you know, a select premium channel, and not everybody has that. So I'm not sure how much reaction we're going to get to it. But let me just say this uh, right out of the gate. Uh, and I did not see their match in Madrid, and I had a member guest at Shorehaven in the French Open semi. So I didn't see that either somehow, some way, when they were in the semis on that Friday afternoon when they only played a couple sets. Uh, obviously, we all saw Wimbledon. Uh, but that as is good a match, in a lot of ways, it was better than Wimbledon yesterday. In a lot of ways. Now, again, uh, the stakes aren't as higher, and it's a best of three, not a best of five, and nothing beats the Wimbledon feel. You know, it's, it's Augusta. So nothing beats it on that court, the grass and everything else. You know, NBC's uh, uh, on a, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, ESPN on a Sunday morning with the Max and Fowler. I mean, that's, that's pretty tough stuff to, to beat. But as far as the tennis was concerned, and as far as the ebb and flow of the match, and as far as the heat, which was exasperating, and throwing the idea that it looked like a couple of different times that Djokovic was going to lose, and it looked like a couple of different times that Alcaraz was going to lose, where he didn't really feel that so much in Wimbledon because, you know, Alcaraz you know, was, played pretty damn well and you felt was the better player. Yeah, yeah this was... Uh, best of three, I understand. Cincinnati, I understand. Not the same environment, but as far as quality of tennis was concerned and the drama of it, this was better. That's it. If anybody says differently, they're not paying attention. We're trying to get Jim Curry around today. He called it. We'll ask him about it. I'll save PMAC maybe for a little later. Johnny Mac too. Uh, this match yesterday was as good a match as you're ever going to see. Djokovic had a 5-4 lead for a set. It was 99 degrees on the court at 4.30 in the afternoon. Now, it lessened as the day went along because of shadows, but they started the day where it was in the, early, it was in the low 90s and mid to, uh, mid to upper 90s on the court. And Djokovic in the old days used to struggle sometimes with that oppressive heat, and he struggled yesterday. He was out on his feet. Uh, for about a half hour yesterday where everybody thought who was broadcasting the, uh, the final that he was going to uh, re- re- retire. Everybody thought it. He was up 5-4 in the first set. He lost the last three games. Alcarez looked as fresh as a daisy. All right, he's 19, he's 20 years old. He should look fresh as a daisy, even in him in that heat. But Djokovic was really, really close to succumbing in that heat. He took some bathroom breaks. He wore a hat on one side because of the sun, not on the other side because they had the shadows there. So he didn't wear it on that point, on that side. But for a, a, a set, really for about, again, about 30 minutes, Djokovic was dead in the water. And he was down 4-2 in the second set. And um, down a break, and Alcaraz was serving at 4-2, and Alcaraz played a bad game, and Djokovic got on board and, you know, got back on serve, held when he had a hold. They held all the way to 6 all in the uh, tie break. Djokovic saved the match point at 5-6, won the tiebreaker, took a clothing break, which I guess you're allowed in oppressive temperatures, which was his second break, came back, and they played an absolutely thrilling third set that went over an hour uh, that Djokovic had four or five match points and Alcaraz out of nowhere made incredible shots. 
And finally, Djokovic uh, won in that um, uh, in that third set tiebreak. This was one of the classics you're ever going to see. You never see Djokovic rip his shirt off like he likes to do after he won uh, under in a in a in a in a one thousand event, uh, not a Grand Slam. He did that yesterday. Alcaraz, uh, you know, in his post match, was talked about his brother being there. He's crying. I mean, Cincinnati has got a long history of great tennis. Uh, they've had Federer's won there a million times. You know, that's a tournament that Nadal, Nadal never won. Uh, but Federer won there a million times. Djokovic has now won there three times. It was three hours and 49 minutes. That is the longest best of three. I believe a 1,000 uh, uh, point tournament final that they've ever had. And it was worth every penny. Every penny. It was that good a tennis match. And I thought at the end of the day, it was very important for Djokovic to win. Um, I think that he did not need to lose back-to-back five-setters of this kid uh, on the eve of the U.S. Open. Uh, they're sort of going to be now co-favorites at the U.S. Open. Alcaraz is a 6-5 to five favorite. Uh, Djokovic is a 7-5 to five favorite. Alcaraz will be the one seed. Djokovic will be the two seed. Alcaraz will play next Monday night. Uh, he'll probably play that night maybe with Shiantek. Uh, and then the next night, you'll probably have uh, Djokovic play at prime time, maybe with Coco Goff, maybe with Venus. Uh, in her probable swan song, something along those lines. Uh, but this is, uh, and this is exactly what the U.S. Open needed heading into that last major of the year. Uh, this was as good a match as you were ever going to see. And I've said this a thousand times. Uh, I've said it for a while. I'm not the only one. The world has said it who knows anything about tennis. If he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, Alcaraz is going to win 10 to 15 majors in his sleep. In his sleep. If he stays healthy, that's how good he is. I mean, he is an, inc- and like all great players, he's fearless. Djokovic at big times yesterday served 120 mile an hour second serves, and he had more to lose than Alcaraz did. And Alcaraz does what Alcaraz does he hits everything from the heels uh, and phenomenal finesse. If he's healthy, it's not even a debate. He is going to be minimum. First off, there's nobody with him. Remember, Djokovic has won 23 Grand Slams with Federer and Nadal to compete with. Right now, there is nobody near Alcaraz on the men's side outside of Djokovic. Nobody. There's nobody who comes close. He's going to win 50. He's already got two. He's going to win 15 in his sleep. In his sleep. And Djokovic, you know, I thought at one point he'd win close to 30. I don't think he will. Um, I know they can win three, four more, but I don't know if he's going to win seven more. Uh, But it's fascinating to me to see Djokovic, who was the foil in the two other great rivalries that he had with Nadal and Fed. And now he's the foil again when he's on the back nine of his career. You know, the back three, four holes. He's the foil again with Alcaraz. So this is the third guy now that he is going to have a tremendous rivalry with uh, in his career. Three. Now, listen, three in, at different stages. That is, you know, Nadal and him are about the same age. He came up, he's a little younger than Federer, three, four years, so he was the upstart with Fed. Him and Nadal are about the same age. Nadal's a little older, and now he's got this one. And I wondered whether this was going to motivate 
Djokovic, when he lost to Alcaraz at Wimbledon, I got my answer. He went into Cincinnati. And remember, I watched every match he played. I was into it. I was into it. There's nothing else to watch. Uh, you know, uh, baseball, okay. I can't get into preseason football. Uh, you know, outside of Leonard Skinner documentaries, which I'll get into later, there's nothing else to watch. So I was on top of this. And I wondered if he'd be motivated after that Wimbledon final. He's motivated. Now, he could have easily lost yesterday. Easily. The Heat could have gotten him. Alcaraz could have gotten him in that second set tiebreak or at 4-2. So he was, you know, and the third set was nip and tuck, could have gone either way. And if it was the best of five, I'm not sure if, Alcaraz, I'm not sure if Djokovic would have won. But Djokovic needed to win that. And, he, and, you know, he showed you why he needed to win when he took his shirt off and ripped his shirt. That tournament meant a lot to him. It was an absolute classic. As Djokovic said, this is a guy who's won 23 Grand Slams. It's the top three or four finals he's ever played in. And this is a guy who's won 23 of them. And he's won 39. He's won 95 tournaments. Think about that. Djokovic has won 95 tournaments. And yesterday was top three or so of all time. Top three. This is a guy who won four hours and 58 minutes against Federer at Wimbledon a few years ago. This is a guy who went six hours and 12 minutes with Nadal in the Aussie Open final. And this one is on that level. In Cincinnati, no less. That's how good it was. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.